You're listening to another episode of Battles with Bits of Rubber, starring Stuart Bray and Todd Debrasini. <laughs> Can you hear my printer going in the background? Can you see it back there? I can. Yeah, you little light spot working away. Yay! Printing a doodad. Yeah. I had, um, you know, I had the biggest problems with 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 printing for a while, and um, I installed on my um, CR10. I installed a new um, uh, filament feed, so I upgraded that. And uh, I think the problem was I found out that it was it was underfeeding. So what was happening was it just wasn't working as fast as the other one. It was good, but then I learned about, you know, you can speed that up by just changing the multiplication, you know, the speed of it going in. And I, I did that to 1.7 times speed, and it's glorious now. Everything sticks really well. There's no gaps Great. between layers. And silly little thing like that can completely throw you. And you don't even really know how to ask the question. But, uh, yeah, it was good to, to fix that. So yeah. I'm very happy. Yay. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got that figured out finally. Yeah, and it means the filament. Uh, I, I know that was, was frustrating. Crap. Yeah, it was. It was, but it means you know that's 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 good. So I can I've been using that, and I, I I've got some fun things I want to make. Have you been watching a show called What We Do in the Shadows? I've seen a few episodes. I haven't haven't watched it in a while. I really um, like the, it. I, I saw it when it when it first started started streaming, and thought it was pretty damn funny. It's very. I I really like the second season is is, is excellent, and there's <laughs> there's some. Um, what was the reason I had that? Oh yeah, I, I want to. Uh, I want to make a little coffin. I want to. I want the coffin to open and the vampire to pop out. I'm going to 3D print the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I built the coffin, um, so that's fun. So that that should be fun. A little thing like like you know, it's like have a little spring me mechanism in it. Yeah, exactly that. So that's that's going to be fun. So doing something like that as well. And my bits <laughs> life size, of course. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, just print a little bit up. <laughs> so that's been good. And I printed. Um, should, should be finished printing sometime next year. Yeah, I printed. Um, I showed you. Uh, I printed a street sign for our little road because that was we didn't have one. Uh, it's this it looks great. Country. Your lane. neighbors are going to love you. I hope so. Well, it's just I just wanted something that looked like cast iron, so it's kind of like a little bit of prop making almost, but using the three D printer and a bit of molding, and it's it's nice to know. Like, yeah. it's it's really nice. That, if you know how to make molds efficiently, you can really use a 3D printer to its best because you can bang these things out at low, you know, very low infill and very, you know, they don't have to be immaculate or particularly strong because you just need its shape and then, you know, you mold it and you cast it out and something like epoxy resin and it's, you know, tough as old boots and it's brilliant. So I'm having a good time with it. So there we go. Cool. What are you printing or can you say? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just printing a little, little box that'll, it's the size that's, um, it's, 76 millimeters by 167 millimeters it's to fit in that that little silicone um mat that i made for battles with bits of rubber that has the little modularized brush holders and stuff okay. i think i sent you one yeah you did ages yeah. ago mm -hmm. oh man that's awesome yeah i do i i love so just just a little open box rather than a thing for specific bottle sizes it's just a little bin that you can throw shit in excellent well, that's cool bits and bobs wonderful well so we're um it's been a while we've had quite a long layoff from various things yeah it's uh well it's been a weird year it's been a very weird to say year. the least yeah you had like 
catastrophic computer problems. <laughs> it was just yeah, and uh, you know weather stuff. Did you hear about the tremendous storms in our Midwest in Iowa? No, what happened yesterday or over over the weekend? Like hurricane category two hurricane force winds. Wow, just knocked the shit out of everything. <laughs> okay, that's not good. I'm sorry to hear that. For those of you that may be yeah. listening that are from there, holy shit. Yeah, Mother Nature gets pissed. There's nothing we can do about it. No, it's terrifying, isn't it? When something like that, you know, weather still kicks in on top of everything else that's going on. It's like that's a shitty year. Oh my god, uh, I know. Um, yeah. So bearing in mind that everything on the news is talking about COVID and all that kind of stuff, I don't, I don't really want to go into it here. I'm sure everyone's kind of trying to get away from it, so <laughs> we'll stick on task. So today, I think. Well, I, I, it was one of those things where you kind of like watch things or you see posts on Facebook and people say, oh, do you see this? And they'll do like a freeze frame close up of a an edge on a piece or something, and you know, joyfully point out something that wasn't perfect on a makeup, which is true. But the irony is there's a million things that you didn't notice because they weren't there to be seen, but they could have been just as problematic and just as difficult. Hey, if you got a screw, if you got a funky edge, just cover it with blood. It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's an edge makeup. Yeah, but he fell over. Yeah. So you just throw blood over everything. Um, but yeah, but it, you know, you, you, I'm, I've done it myself as well. And we've all seen things like you're watching something like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. I can't, but you're just, someone will point to them and go, oh, look at that edge. You can see that thing. And it's like, you don't know what the story is. You don't know whether it's like that was the end of the shooting day and it looked flawless for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Any number of things can happen. All that kind you of know, stuff. I've seen shots in in uh, finished theatrical releases where, you know, you can see the, the the entire reflection of the camera crew in in the side of a bus or, you know, a, a shadow of somebody holding a, holding the boom. He's like, How the hell did they let that get into the into the movie? Yeah. Well, like you said, yeah, maybe maybe they ran out of money. Um, maybe that was the best take of all of them. Yeah, and that was the smallest you know, price to pay for know, the. It's, it could be any number of things. There's there's no way of knowing. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's not like everybody was is Ed Wood and just hasn't got a clue about filmmaking. No, we'll just keep throwing takes at it until it makes it better. But um, it's one of those things where, but it, when people spot the bad thing there's one part of it. It's like, well, you don't know what led to that. So you could be very generous and say, well, you know, it could be you know, shot by the end of the day or something, or, or they, you know, they kept it on overnight and they filmed it, you know, the next day or some, some extraordinary situation. But the point I really wanted to focus on was all the things that you don't notice that you didn't notice them because they were problems that were overcome. And as a result of them not being noticed, there isn't necessarily a lot of spotlight on, what could go wrong so i thought it'd be quite nice to do a chat about what goes what wrong. could possibly go what wrong what could possibly go wrong because obviously you know oh you know you your silicon might not cure or you you forget to sculpt or your workshop burns down or something obvious like that but there are there are lots of little things that get in the way of you know an ideal makeup situation so i thought it might be good just to have a little chat about the various things that could go wrong. i had a bit of a brainstorm session i kind of drew on a few things that have happened to me personally as well and i'm sure you'll think of oh yeah no that. i i i I would uh, venture there aren't many of us out there who haven't encountered something on set or in the shop that you, you hadn't counted on. Yeah. But happens pretty routinely, like um, showing up on set where you didn't, you're not the one who sculpted or fabricated the, the prosthetic pieces, but you're the one that's going to be applying them on the day. Yeah. And you show up and you meet your actor for the first time and somebody hands you a box that's got the prosthetics in it and you 
Are there any pieces to, on these edges? Where <laughs> go to go to, go to fit them? Yeah. And they don't fit. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some or stuff like that. Something's missing. It's you know, well, tough shit. Yeah. You must soldier on and make it work. Let's look at what we could would consider an ideal scenario. So an ideal scenario would be a really nice actor who's you know cool mm. happy with it stuff there's somebody who actually likes being in prosthetics yeah that would be even better <laughs> you know <laughs> or someone that just didn't give you a hard time about it uh there's enough time there's enough money um and production understand and can accommodate the limitations of makeup you know because it's not magic it's a bit of rubber yeah and i think being able to have do testing that's not not always uh the case you know that's kind of a luxury in in a lot of cases yeah it's weird isn't it you, think you know the first time first time you apply it is when you show up on the day and it's like god i hope this works yeah uh, that is not uncommon and it, it's harder and harder it's weird when i do get makeup test days it almost feels like the exception rather than the rule and it's always much better when you get that you know that time to do it even just from ironing out the little kinks and the problems, but also just knowing how long it's going to take. So you can say, oh, we did that quicker than we thought. Like, we don't need to start till six. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas you might panic and go, well, I don't know how long it's going to take. So we better slap on an extra hour to sort of iron out the problems. So we're going to start at five. Yeah. So, you know, it's just better for everyone if you can do that. So, so there we go. Yeah, nothing, nothing creates a relaxed atmosphere on set more than a first AD standing over your shoulder saying, how much longer? Yeah. How much longer? <laughs> How much longer? Do you remember in the, I'm trying to think which, it might have been the first or second Makeup Artist magazine, and there was an interview with Dan Strupek. Do you remember that? And there was a, a little no. bit about him saying an AD was was in the trailer and asking him how long he's going to be and all this kind of stuff. I kept badgering him and he was just putting the pencil to the guy's brow. And the, the idea was like, oh, he's just putting the pencil on the, on the guy's brow now. So apparently Dan Strupek put the pencil and picked the guy up, just manhandled him out of the trailer. It's like, get the fuck out. You know I, mean? like, <laughs> I know how to do brows better than you know how to AD. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit, you wouldn't do that now, I don't think. But uh, I like the fact that uh, I, w I would love to have seen that. I'd love him to be the department head. You'd be like, wow, look at him go. That's awesome. He was, uh, I think he died a few years ago, sadly. He was um, Tom Hanks's personal for the longest time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing him very briefly. I think it was um, on Saving Private Ryan. We saw him very briefly. Uh, it was amazing. It was just one of those things. But, you know, we like you're in a movie like that, and it's like, you know, the makeup artist is the guy that I'm getting a bit giddy about. I think Duncan Jones said, oh, look, there's... Um, Street it was a holy shit and we we're asking them about it and stuff and they were filming the the landing sequence unit stuff so they were all the actors are out in the boats and i'm like oh what do you do about touch-ups and stuff he's like there's nothing i can do here i'm like fair enough stupid question but you know it's one of those kind of i'm sorry i'm an idiot kind of things but um but yeah so that was kind of cool so let's let's go through a list of things I, i've done like a bullet point list of like three um number three was like things that go wrong in the outside world like production stuff things you can't really control that come from the outside you know to do production yeah and things that go wrong in the inside world so you know your own workshop materials that kind of stuff so uh one of the things they could do is change the actor that's always a good one where you've made a bunch of pieces oh, yeah. and it fits this person perfectly and then they change it. And then somebody else comes in. Yeah. And then that's it. Boom. Gone. Yeah. Uh, and there may be not enough time to redo the pieces. Nope. But you still have to make it work. That happened on um, Brothers Grimm. I was working with Carl Derrick 
on uh, Brothers Grimm, which is a movie shot in um, Czechoslovakia. It's shot in Prague in Barandov Studios. And this would have been 2003, I think. Um, and we had this actress who was playing the old queen. Uh, she was supposed to be like this ancient queen. She had this whole full prosthetic makeup on her face. And after like two or three days of this, I think she just decided she wasn't going to do it anymore. She didn't want to do it. It was making out all kinds of weird, like bullshit things. Like the makeup was making up, you got blood and all this kind of stuff. Just nonsense. Uh-huh. And she bailed on us and it was, uh, Carl's missus in the end ended up taking up the role. And she, she acted this, the part <laughs> with these pieces that were designed and made to fit this other girl, um, who was tiny. So these pieces were foam. So they shrunk a bit anyway. But they were trying to put them on like a normal size adult, and then we, they just did. We had to stretch them like, like billio is crazy to get them to fit. Mm. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. We got away with it. It was good. I mean, it fitted well, but it was just the fact that the foams were soft enough that you could stretch them. Uh, not really a problem with silicone. You know, you'd have the other problem if it was someone who was smaller, for example, because you can't really mm. gather it. But so that was one of those things. So changing the actors is not good. Yeah, I, th- I think foam latex has a tendency, especially if you've got a really light foam Mm -hmm. is more easily adaptable to changing sizes. Mm. If your actor changes, you can, you can gather in and I've, I've had to do darts in foam pieces and been able to patch them. Like Taylor actually cut a wedge out in order to make it fit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like chin pieces sometimes under the chin, if it's, if it's made for one person and it's going on somebody else, there's usually a gap under the chin mm-hmm. that doesn't quite fit right because it's, you know, it's a, a big curve. It's like a sphere, yeah. half a sphere. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can take a dart directly under the chin and it's great yeah. if you've got a lace, lace hairpiece going over it, over it. So it doesn't, doesn't make a, a bit of difference. You can just cut it and glue it and it doesn't matter if you've got the same, but if you're going to be seeing under the chin, you can, blend it pretty easily yeah that was a joy with with foam foam and yeah and but silicone it's much more of a pain in the ass yeah yeah there's not much you can do about it i mean i think that's probably one good reason if if you think things going to be a bit flaky maybe make the pieces in more like make make the appliances in smaller more overlapping pieces so there's a bit Mm -hmm. more kind of wiggle room with fit if you think maybe someone's gonna be a bit flaky but Normally, you try and get them in as few pieces as possible, which is because it's fewer molds, isn't it? And, and cheap, yeah. which is a pain. Uh, so they could change the actor. They could change the script. <laughs> they might just decide, oh, we've just rewritten this whole sequence. We don't want that anymore. So all that stuff you've made now we don't want. Or worse still, we've written a bunch of stuff that you haven't made, and we need that. As long as you're getting paid, I don't really mind if it goes in the bin, but it's like it's not good if there's no time uh they may change the timeline as well that can happen like suddenly the actors got to do something for another show so they have to film their scenes a week earlier and that's not what you agreed and no one's gonna you know move the goalposts for you because you're probably on on that note yeah on the on the note of the timeline i mean if if you're doing a tv tv spot or even a tv show and they've already got an air date for it that's that's not that's locked in stone it's not going to change and you've got a supplier who's supposed to be sending you stuff for, for things you have to make. And it keeps getting, oh, it's back ordered. You'll have it day after tomorrow. And then day after tomorrow comes and you say, oh, hey, I'll, you'll, tomorrow. And it's, 
your your window is closing because that there's a there's a finite date that it's gotta gotta be done yeah by and if it's not you're well <laughs> time to time to start thinking about changing your name and yeah get getting a new tower. passport yeah because <laughs> no good like that slide um the other thing that can happen is uh, allergies, beliefs, and I didn't put that in, but just pain in the arseness, is, if that's a, a thing. Now, if you've got oh, like yep. allergies and beliefs and things. I've never, difficult actors? Who'd have thunk? Well, what I mean by that is I don't have a problem with people who like, for example, if somebody's vegan, they don't want to wear gelatin, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Where I, I get annoyed is when there was, I'm trying to think what it was. There was somebody that wanted they they posted on facebook and it was a, this whole laundry list of things that they 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 had some big actor who had demanded to see that everything was was vegan and it was stuff that wasn't even like had never been made from an animal like i'm trying to think of an example like if i buy i don't know um a metal scaffold pole it doesn't say on it that it's a vegan metal scaffold pole because it's 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 the fact that it's not <laughs> that it's made from metal is it's therefore do you know what I mean? so it, it also doesn't say that it's not made from unicorn blood because sure. do you know what i mean there's lots of things that it isn't so it's like so i understand yeah. we don't want to get you don't need to see a, a label of contains no cholesterol when you're buying fresh corn at the at the farmer's market yes exactly so you've got that kind of thing which is you know it's difficult because you have to go you have to kind of nod along with it and some things you kind of go like the clay that they were using was that vegan it was just like none of this i mean there are some things that you go yeah you know like some makeups they could have been tested on animals or whatever so yeah we won't use those but there's so many products that we use that have got nothing to do with cosmetics because they're the workshop stuff they're the plaster it's the mm -hmm. the latex it's the you know all the other things and the silicone and all those kind of stuff those things are not you know don't don't necessarily have anything to do with that stuff so that what i mean is you you end up with all this extra admin where you may have to jump through hoops that weren't there 30 years ago which can you know add to things and when i said about beliefs i don't i don't necessarily mean religion i just mean like for example uh, i was doing something not long ago a few months back and an actress was um convinced that the the the, the smell of prosade was making a woozy and i'm like there's no fumes in prosade it's a water-based glue but you might not like the smell but it's not like gonna kill your brain so it's not like um i don't know like a silicon adhesive that has solvents in it it's just water-based so i can put a little fan all that kind of stuff and but the huffing and the puffing yeah. and the tutting and the twitching in the chair and it's like when you stuck on with thousands of pieces with this stuff with no problems when someone suddenly and i i kind of see that happening more where people just think it's a problem or think it's going to hurt them or think it's a thing and it, it i don't know i just think that people are less willing to withstand discomfort than perhaps they had been in the past so it's one of those things where you just i don't know i'm seeing a rise in sensitivities to things above and beyond medical oh, i'm just yeah. talking about like you know if it if it feels less than joyous there must be something wrong with it it's like no wearing a mask all day is just fucking horrible always has been no, uh, yeah I, I think with, with this covid work. stuff now we are we are just well, I didn't mean started. that kind of mask. I just meant like, you know, like a monster mask. Like on Doctor Who, there were people going, yeah. this is wrong. And it's like, we had like, um, 
a creature, uh, Elsa Burke, her name was. She's a, she's a creature performer, very well known, worked on Greystoke and what, you know, very, very um, adept at this and was basically sort of like schooling people. A big part of what she does is like making people realize, yeah, it's not very nice. That is what wearing a, a big monster suit all day is. It's not very nice, but it's not going to yeah. kill you. It's, you know, it's not getting shot at while wearing a scuba. If it was gear. easy, anybody could do it. <laughs> exactly. So, so you have yeah. those things. So those are things where like you may have something that you know very well. But it's just you get all these other things that kind of creep in that uh, you'll perform. You might have five actors and four of them are fine. And one of them's just like, nee, 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 everything's got to be just right. So, you know, that can be, <laughs> you end up spending like a disproportionate amount of time making them feel okay, you know, um, and, uh, and and that can be a pain. So there we go. And you get actors that hate wearing appliances. Some love them. Some love it. Some yeah. like the fact that they look different, but some just moan about early calls. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've got a couple of actors that I work with regularly who love to be my guinea pig oh really <laughs> that's good so i so i have life casts of them all over the place you know when i'm sculpting generic pieces i've i've got these these actors faces to sculpt on because they've always loved being the guinea pig excellent yeah that's good you know yeah. any chance to any chance to get into into to change your physical appearance they love right. because it just means you can get more into the into the character excellent well that that's i mean i like you know that kind of thing and you get someone like you know i never worked on him but someone like gary oldman who like really digs looking different you know they just they, it makes them behave yeah. differently or someone like charlize theron in monster you know she looks so different it was it, it's lovely when you see that and it's people fully embrace all that not everyone's into that. You, and, and, and leading on from yeah. that, you, you could get an actor that fidgets and farts around in their chair, you know, and that's like, so you said. Oh, God, that. when I was, yeah, when I was in Belize uh, doing this movie, The Enemy God, we had all these indigenous actors uh, playing background characters, and but we still had to do wigs and prosthetics and body paint on, on all these people. And I'd have moms coming in, you know, they've never never acted before you know some of them had never even seen a movie let alone be in one um and you know that have have her in a chair and i'm trying to do makeup on on her and she's got a baby sucking at a breast and she's got another snotty nosed toddler yanking at her skirt all the while i'm trying to do makeup and this cacophony of stuff is is going play and you know they're they're wiggling and i'm trying to trying to paint a straight line and one minute there's a face under the brush and half a second later the brush is just in thin air it's ah yeah it's maddening that's maddening but it's you have to kind of put up with that stuff but it's that's kind of the point of this isn't it to say you know these things happen you know you know when you've done makeups in makeup school or you've done it with a mate or you've done something at leisure for fun you know that often i i conditions are almost perfect and then yeah when you get someone thing like that or you know you could be outside or, you know, there's power cuts or that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, you know, suddenly it's very, very difficult. And the, the, the fidgeting around is annoying, isn't it? Because if you've got like, say, you know, if you've said to the director, look, it's going to take two hours to do this. But, you know, in that two hours, they were not still for, you know, an hour and a half of it. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe something you hadn't anticipated. Yeah. 
Um, and you do get your own external emergencies. You get power cuts, you get weather, you get illness, you get all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and one of the other things, and I'm sure you know exactly this because I'm sure you've had this plenty of times, is that the amount of time that gets pissed away by people not replying quickly to questions or approvals, like you finish the sculpt, oh, it's like, I'm yeah. ready to mold it now yeah. if you like it, but I can't mold it until you've approved it. And so you send the email, you make the call, and you don't hear back for three days. You know, like, well, now we're three days closer to the deadline just because you didn't get back to me on time because yeah. it didn't seem like an important thing. But it's like, um, you know, that can really eat. Yeah. And as you know, there's, there's the adage that, you know, um, you know, poor planning on, on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. <laughs> but there are times when, when the poor planning is coming from the higher ups and you're the, you're the schmuck in the shop who gets the short end of the stick when it comes down to it, your, your window's closing and you've still got to have everything done by the original deadline. And they don't give a fuck if you have to stay up all night for four nights in a row to get it done. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. Because they were, because they were stupid. I had these, these. I had one job, which was uh, for, for a music video. I had to make like, I think it was like 10 brains that get squished. And uh, I called around to a few people. This was years ago. And I called up Neil Gorton and I was like, oh, do you have a brain mold? Because if people had a mold, I could just run them out. That was going to be a nice job. He said, yeah, I've got yeah. a brain mold kicking around. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, I got to his workshop and this was for the next day. <laughs> And I said, yes. And I, 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 I'd got paid and everything and it was all fine. And then, um, I had to make these 10 brains that get stomped on and, and squish. So I'm thinking, yeah, the mold's there. So that should be no problems. So I can do that. Anyway, I get to his workshop and he's like, oh, you know, they're in such and such. Anyway, I spend a couple of hours looking and I can't find the mold anywhere. And we just couldn't find the mold. It's one of those things. Like, oh shit. I know I've got it. I couldn't find it if it really bad. But anyway, it turns out basically we ain't got a mold. So I, overnight had to sculpt and mold and then cast oh. out the 10 brains <laughs> ten. so it was all, uh, what'd all you night what'd day. you cast them in uh i think they were in like a lot a, a thin skin of of polyfoam and then they were just jammed in there with like vinyl mold and bits of gelatine and you know shredded gloves and all kinds of things and then you'd kind of split them and i had to paint them and everything i mean it was just like a huge amount of work to do in like 12 hours but it was just like <laughs> but you know you got it done but it was just it was it was a not a fun experience, but these things happen, you know, it's one of those things, you know, yeah, oh, they do. It's, it's the theater world is, is like that a lot, you know, because things are constantly getting changed in tech and, you know, opening night is opening night. Yep. I've never missed a deadline. I've, I've never missed an opening by not having, having my stuff done. Set for young Frankenstein wasn't finished until the second week of, of, of the show. Oh God. <laughs> well, they just go without. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they, little little bit here a little bit there you know it still looked looked fine you know the audience couldn't tell but 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 yeah the monster the monster was was done in plenty of time and we had a great great run with that show i, I love doing young frankenstein so um so that's from the outside world and then what can go wrong in the workshop um you know oh, all kinds of stuff yeah you can cut your finger off that could happen and still have to you know, still have to you know Still have to finish the work in a cast yep. or big bandage. I've I've done that. I've I've um, cast stuff up, shoved my hand into nitro gloves with with huge bandages on my fingers because you know I have a propensity for drawing blood around power tools. <laughs> Good to know. 
it's a skill. Um, Fortunately, it hasn't happened for it. It is. It's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> you got to use a router or something. Oh Christ! Here we go. <laughs> Using. This. Oh yeah. Make sure you fire up the GoPro so you can get this on video. Um, See how far this will fly. So yeah, the you know the things like that. You know, just genuine illness and you know injury can get in the way. Um, and obviously these yeah. this issue these problems can be multiplied by that depending on how many crew you've got. You know, if you're working in a big crew, that can be a thing. Um, the I think one of the biggest things that can happen is the life cast goes bad. You know, you could do the life cost, something could go wrong. It could be you get caught out with materials, things set before you're ready, or yeah. you drop the damn thing. Um, we had this one life cast um, that we'd done, and I'd filled it up. I didn't do the life cast, but I was responsible for filling it with plaster because we'd done it in the workshop. And um, the forehead, the plaster had got between the alginate and the forehead and had crept in and dented mm. in. And it was for Angelina Jolie. It was one of those, it was for. I think it was Alexander the Great, I think done a really nice cast and I just fucked it by putting it together wrong or something. And this plaster guy, so when we got the cast out, there was this big dent in the forehead that was just caved in. So I had to fill that in. I did, you know, fine. It was fine. It was a good, like if, if anywhere was going to go wrong, that was the best area. So it was reference pictures and sculpted back right. in. It was fine because it was just dummy head, I think in the end, but it was one of the things that could have gone really, really bad. But if the life cast goes bad, then, you know, that's 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 the shit from the outset and your master mold could go bad you know you could get a material failure you could i've had it in the past where some fast cast resin turned up and they sent me two parts a even though one was labeled b you know and i did some tests and it was like oh shit you know it was just one of those silly little things that happens but it's out of your control and that could completely fuck something if you sculpted it put that on there you know so it's always good to do a test <laughs> check these things out Mm -hmm. stuff like that is um sometimes there may be no fix you just got to do it again <laughs> and, you, and 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 you still have yeah and you still you gotta gotta suck it up and figure out how to way to make it happen well those things i mean if it doesn't kill you um that stuff is experience you know that's where the gray hairs and the wrinkles come from that's what i say about my gray hairs i've earned every single yeah. fucking one um um so you got material failure um or operator failure you know you did it wrong i mean people underestimate often underestimate the extent of a job or they under budget for it you know they they, they think it's going to do this and they because they want the job they'll sort of you know trim away or we've all done it we you add it up you look at the number and you go all oh, that lumber's too big so you, you bang it down and then you know they accept it and then they'll suddenly you gotta work for next to nothing and you know that's no good or they'll add something to it and expect you to do it for yeah. the original. I mean, bid. that's a very interesting point. I mean, that's 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 a that's a common common experience in the visual yes, effects world, where you bid a job, you bid a job for x x amount of dollars, and they approve it. And oh, by the way, we're adding three shots. Yeah. To to your list yeah. of things to do, but we're not yeah. paying you anymore. Um, yeah. Especially, well, see, it's weird, isn't it? Because if they if they've spent if they've got a lot of shots, then they kind of think there's like some kind of like group discount thing going on, where it's like, well, we have got thirty shots in there, so we figured we could slap another five in and you do it, you know. So, I think that's very, very much the case with visual <laughs> effects too, like you say, where people don't mm -hmm. really understand um, what is required, and you can't just throw these things in. I mean, we've had things where like. Um, with a makeup, it was for a TV show called Hex 2. And I think it was a, a makeup that Martin Rizard had sculpted and I'd molded in fiberglass. 
and we were running silicone. It was back in the days before we were using cat plastic as a barrier. So we were using the A and B plat gel 10 as the skin. Um, and I don't know what happened. Yeah. Somebody, I think had helped us clean out the molds and there was a part of the piece that every time we cast it out, it was gooey every time. So we figured someone must have used latex gloves when they were handling the molds. And, you know, we had assistance in the workshop helping out. We were also running foam latex in the workshop. So it's possible that someone got latex on this mold at some point. And so we ended up doing it in gelatine. I think he Martin ran the pieces in gelatine. It, it worked great. It was fantastic. But it was just one of those things. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, you think you're home, home dry because you got the mold. And something like that can go wrong. And, you know. Well, even releases, uh, you know, it's, it's not just gloves that are handling. It's, God, there's a long list of possible cure inhibitors that that yeah. could be the culprit you know some of the the actual release agents you use if you don't let it dry long enough that's going to give you well i think problems. the general rule is if you if you're if you're using silicone and it matters if you don't turn up with the pieces on time you have a duty to have some man inhibit x on, on standby just like if you have a workshop you should have a yeah. first aid kit and an iron station if you run silicon you should have some of that inhibit x smooth on sell it it's made by a company called man with absolutely it's it's it's, it's great amazing. Pure power. it's great stuff but but there's a caveat <laughs> with that also um that i that i have experienced firsthand uh because i had uh an ultracal mold that i thought might have some problems with it so i did inhibit x all on the inside of it and i thought it was dry but it wasn't as dry as i thought and i poured silicone into it and the silicone bonded to the stone. Yeah. I had something like that last year. <laughs> it's like, talk about, talk about yeah, your, I Oh fuck. Last year as well. Yeah. When you, when your silicon inexplicably bonds and I mean bonds to the mold, you are not getting that off. We had that. I had that. No. And it's had like that on Dracula. square one. Yeah, I, had the, I had that on Dracula. There was, a, one. there was a, a, a fire mask. Was that fire mask? Yeah, fire mask. And we got one out and it was fine. We got a usable one out, but I cast another one and there was something to do with, because it was a mixture of plat gel and we used some smooth on silicon for something else. And the two just didn't work. You'd think because they're both platinum that they would be fine. But for some reason it right. bonded like shit to a blanket onto the mold. I could not get it apart. I mean, I, I you know, there's, there's pictures of, uh, somewhere of, of opening and it's like six inches apart, but the silicon is still bonded to both. You know, it just tore the mask trying to get, you are not getting that out. Yeah. Um, and that could have been something to do with that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a hip X thing. Oh my God. It's fucking awful when that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta, gotta make, oh uh, yeah, no, it's like those flop sweat moments. He's like, Jeez, it wasn't no, this hot in are. here a You've moment just, ago. Yeah, your shirt's <laughs> dark and stuck to your skin because you're just sweating <laughs> through it. Horrible. So that's no good. Um, oh. so you, can get, you can get the mold breaking. That's not a good one. You're, you're prying something apart, snap your mold breaks. You know, that's no good. Yeah, no. Um, something that I haven't happened for a while because mm -hmm. I always do tests now and I've been doing it for longer. But one of the things I noticed on one of the jobs I did was that I couldn't get the paint to stick to the silicon. You know, so you might think oh good i've got two days to paint this thing and you spend a day and a half painting it you think you're really happy in the morning you go and touch it you scrape it with your finger and it comes off you're like oh shit i've got it all again you know <laughs> so yeah so that's not good and uh yeah yeah if they say nothing sticks to silicone except other silicone but sometimes 
Yeah, even silicone doesn't stick to silicone. Um, uh, and, you know, there's a difference between a platinum yeah. silicone and a tin silicone. You know, most things stick to tin silicone. Platinum can be a bit fussy, but. Uh, yeah. And the older, the the longer it is between the time you pull something out of the mold and you paint it, the longer there is between painting and, and casting, the the more yeah. likely you are to have yeah, problems with the paint the sticking. So you want to paint as paint as soon as you possibly can. Things like hot weather as well. We had a big hot spell of in England recently. Well, I told you about it. it was like 90, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, which is crazy for here. Yeah, I think oh, I think Jesus. we hit three three digits today. It was one hundred and thirty in Death Valley, California, yesterday. That's not fun. I bet they're not running many two silicon pieces down there. I can't, I can't even imagine. No, nothing. Nothing would stick in in yeah. that kind of weather. We had trouble getting stuff to stick in Belize. Sweat was uh, it? Where, you know, obviously we didn't use didn't we did we didn't use any gelatin because it was just too freaking hot and too wet. Uh, but we had multiple days on our on our twelve week shoot of one hundred and ten degrees with one hundred percent humidity oh and How no long were you there for? and no wind. I was there for almost thirteen weeks. Did you get any interesting blood borne um, <laughs> infestation? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Uh, not that I, not that I'm aware of. Um, I was about the only one. I was about the only one on the on the crew who didn't get sick while I was down there. Yeah. But I had nerve. I got. I suffered nerve damage in my in my feet from just wearing these um, wellies through the jungle in just my stocking feet mm-hmm. and stepping on roots and rocks and shit in the jungle talking of shit in the jungle um shit in the forest um back on brothers grim uh it was me and carl we were doing this makeup and it was just us two so like if we weren't there the makeup wasn't getting stuck on right so we had to do it um and we were there for about four weeks i think and um we got really sick and the whole crew had gotten quite sick with this kind of bug and I think it turned out they reckoned what it was, was we had this interior forest set and they had horses yeah. and horses would, you know, shitting everywhere like they do. And they weren't that great about cleaning it up. <laughs> and, um, a lot of people got sick and I got really sick and we spent, I think of the, of the four weeks I was there, three of them, you know, with really bad guts. And there were times we were putting the makeup on and Carl and I would have to take it in turns to run out of the room. And evacuate ourselves from whichever end it was at that moment. It was fucking to go do horrible. the big spit or what? Oh. it was horrible. Oh man! Getting there, I think we were starting the makeup at three a.m. and then you feel like that. It was just awful. It's the worst time. It was just horrible. I remember the we had to. I, I got a medic because I had such bad guts and I was dehydrated. And they had this medic that gave us these sachets. You know these salt mixtures that you drink to rehydrate yourself but it was vanilla flavor yeah. vanilla is not something that should be watered Ew. down okay that's a milky drink flavor you don't have a vanilla flavored thing that's watery it was absolutely vile i mean just mint or <laughs> i don't know nothing uh, just salty would be fine but ugh, it's horrible so well, i know i no longer wish i had been on that shoot with you it <laughs> <laughs> was just horrible so I I had I had one one of my assistants who had helped build a lot of the stuff uh, for the enemy god in the shop was really bummed that he couldn't go on the shoot that they didn't have the budget for another makeup artist to come come down with me 
Um, so I, I only had, I had two assistants down there. And once he, I got back and he saw all the pictures of all the spiders and scorpions and stuff. He no longer felt bad about not being able to go. Yeah, that's fair enough. I don't think I'd enjoy that. <laughs> Anything bigger than my hand that's covered in hair running across the room, fuck that into a cocked hat. Yeah, no, we'd be we'd be walking. We'd had had a few. We had a few night shoots, and we'd be going from one village set where the makeup hut was to another village set. Uh, you know, maybe a, a hundred yards down a, a narrow footpath through the jungle and we'd have headlamps on and we'd be carrying all our stuff with us and we'd be looking side to side and our headlamp would be shining off into the jungle and you'd just see these hundreds and hundreds of little blue-green reflections coming back at you Jesus Christ. when you shined off into the into the jungle. It's like all of this, these things out here just hoping you'll fall down so they can eat you. Yes, you want to be a meal for something. Um, th th that's a nice laundry list of things to worry about. Um, so I guess we should come on to the section of how will you deal with these things? And I think the biggest one is probably experience, is knowing that these things will happen. See, this is why, this is why I think you have yeah. to earn your stripes. I mean, I, I know people can sort of find themselves in a fortunate position of, of getting asked to do something and they haven't got a lot of experience, but this is where you can really fuck things up because you need to have kind of worked for other people to have witnessed these things without it being your personal responsibility. You know, um, but experience mm -hmm. counts for a lot because you know that these things are going to happen and you plan for the unexpected and you have contingencies. Yeah. There's no such thing as being too prepared. No, you really need to make sure that you, you know, you, you take those into things into account. I think one of the most important things as well is when you start is to, you know, have your meetings and, you know, understand the job. And, and it's important that you know what you are doing before you begin. I think that's like a condition of, of employment. Like if you're going to do something, you need to make it part of your terms and conditions that, you know, you, you have a meeting about what it is you're being, what, what it is you're doing so that you can like write down everything and have like submit a clear, list of your terms and conditions what do you need to do your job and that would include you know an actor who can sit still for the 40 minutes it takes to put this on do you know what i mean and be very explicit about those mm -hmm. things because if you know you know this is going to take an hour to do something but they're a pain in the ass it's going to take 90 minutes or they keep checking their phone or they like you know they're on the phone or whatever uh what one of the things i think is really good to do for example is during application is to have um, a stopwatch to, you know new time so you say you got an hour yeah. and a half of makeup so when we start the makeup you you press stop uh, you know start on the stopwatch and then if after 20 minutes someone comes in and asks them what they want for lunch and there's a 10 minute conversation about the sides or script changes or whatever they did the weekend you press stop you know, while you can't put makeup on, you stop. So when someone comes in at 90 minutes and say, you ready? You go, well, I've only had an hour and 10 because you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think it's important that everybody speaks the same language, uh, from, you know, the pro producers on, on down. Uh, I've run into a number of, uh, on a, a number of occasions that the director and the, the AD and, Nobody under really understands prosthetics, but they're doing a show that one of the main characters is heavily made up in prosthetics, and it's a big part of the look of of the film. And 
you know, we get the get the actor in this multi-piece uh, encapsulated silicone, contact lenses, dentures, lace hair pieces. You know, we start doing the application at, at six o'clock in the morning, and by by nine we're we're camera ready, and they don't shoot it until four o'clock in the afternoon when it no longer looks camera ready, and I'm pissed, and the actor yeah. is pissed, and it's like, why the fuck did we do this beautiful work before yeah. the sun came up? Especially if they weren't being used, you know, when you're not even, when you're not even, you're not even doing this, what, you know, and, you know, you don't want to scream at them Mm -hmm. like they deserve, but, you know, the education of other crew, including producers and directors has to happen. And I'm, I don't know how to make that happen. You know, an example of, of a case where things are in great shape, you know, Aaron Mikash, Aaron Kruger Mikash, who is you know department head on American Horror Story, well she's now a producer on the show, and and she's passed the reins on to to some of the other crew that have worked with her for years, yeah. so she gets it. You know, it's when you when you've worn other hats, you Same know way. what's what's yeah. necessary. Greg so you can make sh- dead, so you, know? you can make he sure that other departments and yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can you can rest assured that the the proper scheduling yeah. is going to take but it, place but that's so rarely the case yeah. with other productions even on big marvel stuff i i would imagine yeah, they, they just, run into the know, same shit make it rain <laughs> until, until until it's right but for all of that that's that that's that's where the experience comes in it's your job as the prosthetic person to make them aware of these limitations and be very explicit about them at the meetings and saying you know Here's a makeup. This is why I'm a big you can't be shy. Pictures of make uh, taking pictures of the makeups, you know, when they're done, and then when things go wrong, you know, when you get edges, rubbish, and lifting, and it's more. I say it's more of a problem. I remember it happening on Blade Two with foam pieces. I also remember it happening a lot more with silicone, where you get sweat bubbles under the surface because you know with with foam the sweat can pass yeah. through, but if you've got a heavy pax layer over the top. And it happens a lot on the edges where it's very prosady. You know, you'll get you know bubbles of sweat forming under the surface because it can't get through. Um, so that's a consideration. So if you're filming somewhere where it's particularly cool, it might not be a problem. But if you're filming somewhere where it's really hot, they can get sweaty. So if something's going to get sweaty and bubble up and look shit, that's not get that milky that yeah, little milky dribble of perspiration from like, the depending on how alkaline or acid it, the, the the skin yeah so you get all those problems so if you know that's a thing i think it's really good even if it's not a problem for you because maybe they're done shooting but if you can capture these things in your makeups just you know take photos of the things that go wrong because when you're having a meeting you go if you put a piece on someone you leave it for 12 hours and it's the Sahara desert, or you've had them do endless takes that you didn't shoot the rehearsals. This is what it could look like. You know, a classic is hands, you know, we stuff with Dr. Strange and it's like, you know, hands get fucking ruined because people go to the toilet, they eat, they yeah. drink, they wash that, you know, so hands get ruined. And so I can't stop that from happening, but what I, all the high traffic areas, you know, corners of the mouth around the nose where you're breathing warm, moist air, yeah, if you've got tight collars rubbing on necks and someone's got a very active performance. Um, you know, you said earlier about the piece where you could cut under the chin. If you've got a hair piece there, like a beard or something, that can be a consideration. 
Um, but if you haven't, it's a problem. So your job is to point these things out and say, look, it's not fucking magic. If you put a beautiful makeup on somebody's face and then you insist on dragging their face across a wall and then turning to camera and then having a tight close up, it's probably going to fuck the piece. That's just the nature of a piece of rubber on someone's face. So yeah, and it doesn't matter who applied it. Clear. Exactly. So you have to make it very clear that it's a piece of rubber. It's not his skin. It won't necessarily behave like the person's skin. So if, you know, if your actor is going to be doing this thing, you need to be aware of these are the limitations. So your job is really to know the job well enough that you can make them aware, knowing that they don't know this and saying, if you do this, this will happen. If it's on, if it's a, you know, a lip appliance, for example, it'll be fine for most things. But if you're going for a tight close up, here's what a piece that's been worn for 14 hours looks like. Shit, isn't it? Can you film on this? No, probably not. So can we do this first? And then, you know, you log all this, you record it. And then if they want to shoot it at the end of the day, you have told them that it probably won't yeah. look great. And now it's not your fault anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it's, but that's where experience comes from, from knowing these things in advance before they happen. So you can pull them up. And do the close-ups before you do the wide shots. So you get well, the makeup when it's looking its best. If, if you, you can, can. It's, it's not your call. You know, there are other consider yeah there yeah, are other there's the light there's the thing in play they but might do it in post or, you can certainly you, know. you can certainly make that aware make make the yeah the, absolutely the party's aware that well you know it's it's an active scene if you do the close ups first when the makeup looks fresh it's going to look better and you can hide it easier in the wide shots exactly so it's it's a case of knowing knowing what 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 the limitations of makeup is and making your production aware of those limitations and you know it's, it's the limitations of the material not your limitations it's the limitations of the material and we could do things like you know for a super tight close-up of something maybe we don't use the actor maybe we have a double for that for the ear cutting bit or whatever do you know what i mean where it looks exactly mm -hmm. the same as far as we're concerned but that guy can just sit there in a, in a chill trailer all day long or this actress has to do this thing but you know it can be you can jig things around so that um, but, but but those decisions won't get made if you haven't made the people aware of those limitations. So you really do need to, to be very clear about what will happen. You go through the script, you break it all down, and you have a, a clear list of what the contingencies are and what could go wrong. Oh, man, I love that. That's Donna, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Donna's little yeah. Uh So, yeah, keep, uh, keep that stuff. Um, and know your job and delegate things as well. I think that's the biggest thing. But all, all of this really comes down to experience. You know, it's, it's a case of knowing what could go wrong before it goes wrong and making people aware. And so you avoid it or you, you know, reduce the effect of it to some degree. Or you say, you know, this is going to happen if you do this. And then you go through it bit by bit by bit and, 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 and keep lists of this. Thing. This is why email is really nice because it's timestamps, you know, so keep a record yeah. of everything that's been agreed. Well, it's, it's rare that you can cheat experience to your yeah, benefit. It is hard when people sort of get opportunities in their lap. It's kind of like it's, you should of course take opportunities when you can, but I've seen it situations where people have been given opportunities by somebody that knows them and thinks, you know, they know the thing and then it turns out they don't know the thing and then it's embarrassing and now they're not friends anymore because it was a very expensive mistake and it's like 
you know sometimes if mm -hmm. you don't know how to do something then you should say and delegate like if i was given if somebody said you like makeup right oh i need this really expensive hair piece making or something i'm like i don't do that but i know people who are really good so i'll delegate i'll get someone in who's really good yeah. at that who won't fuck it up and 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 get them to do that because it matters to me that they go away happy whereas if i fudge it thinking oh i make lots of money and i you know i do a half-assed job not only are they going to be unhappy, but all my friends who do hair are going to see that and go, that's fucking bullshit. So, yeah, I've been brought in on a few projects uh, over the years. Uh, one fairly recently where the original people weren't up to snuff and, you know, they realized too late and have to go back in and reshoot a lot of stuff or are able to salvage it before it's too late and just change makeup people because you know personality conflict between the makeup artist and the, and the talent can be can be something you you don't anticipate where they're just i you can't can't explain why it doesn't work but the actors just can't stand being around mm -hmm. their makeup artist <laughs> and it's like okay uh so i've i've been brought in in situations like that where i've had to take over for somebody else who had basically created everything and there just was no chemistry yeah, it's, it's a or weird, bad chemistry. Cause at the end of the day, it's just people, right? Some people get on, some people don't. And yeah, and I've been on productions where like, yeah. you know, I work with one actor and they're like, they, they're fine with me. And another one, she's like really nice and we get on fine. And so it all depends on, you know, you're like the same person, you're doing the same thing, but one of you just thought you were a piece of shit. And another one thought you were great. So it's like, you can't win. It's just doing those things. But, um, but yeah, with, with all of those things, yeah. it, a lot of it comes down to experience and um, seeing those things off before they happen and anticipating them. And you know, one of the things that makes a big difference to that with experience and things is having, it, this is where budgets come into things, I think. If you, like you would put in a budget for things, like right now, if somebody, if I got a call tonight, like right now, this is nearly half past 11 at night for me. If a friend of mine said, I need a live cast tomorrow morning, can you do it? The answer is yes, because everything I need for that is here right now. I have ball caps, I have silicon, I have alternate, I've got plaster bandage, I've got four different kinds of plaster. I'm good to go. I'd have to pack it up, but I'd be good to go. I could definitely do that. And the reason I can do that is because I keep all the essentials in stock. I keep a baseline of everything in stock all the time. And obviously that stuff runs out or expires or goes shit, so I have to replace it. So for me, I have yeah. you know several grand's worth of stuff here all the time ready to go because I never know when it's going to kick off. So that means if somebody needs something, I will charge a certain amount because I have to cover those costs. You know, if I need a life cost, I'm not going to do it for peanuts. Um, which means someone could see that and go, Oh, you know, Oh, I, I know someone that might do it for less or whatever. And it's one of those things that you have to consider when budgeting for things is that if somebody charges something, it might be because they're insured they have the stuff ready to go. They're qualified and trained to do it. And they have good crew with good reputation on standby and they'll get the job done on time. And that's why you're paying that. And, you know, it doesn't really matter until it matters. You know, it's kind of like when it goes wrong, when the life cast goes wrong, when the, you know, yeah. when you, I don't know, hurt somebody or you, they have an allergies or something or they, they because the person doing the life cast had, didn't think to, to check whether they were claustrophobic before they began or whatever. You know, what do you mean? No straws in the nose. <laughs> exactly. So, so doing those things right costs money. You know, if you're somebody that gets rid of things and does things the right way, 
Well, you're not just money. paying for the materials. And, you're um, also paying for the experience. Yes. But uh, do you know what, what I'm saying is sometimes you'll, you'll have that experience, but you may be approached by somebody who themselves is not experienced at some runner on something. And to them, it sounds like a lot of money. And it's like, yeah, but that's because I guarantee you it'll work. What, what what we do will mm -hmm. you know if you want that it'll happen on that day on that time and that's fine and it's, and it's less it's than if like you have idiot. to do it again yeah it's like the first car i ever bought i bought a car for 600 quid and i thought i was king of the world because i'd found a car for so little money and then you know two days later it broke down and it was going to cost me like 1500 to make it roadworthy it's like do you know what I mean there's a reason why yeah. something costs so little it's because you know what i mean and if if, if you make it your living and you that's how you live eventually you're going to come unstuck and it's like really really bad so there comes a point where you know you have to kind of these things cost a certain amount there's a minimum cost that you will have to incur in order to be efficient and good at what you do sometimes and things like that like experience like keeping stuff in stock like having good friends on the phone at any time if i need so if i need help tomorrow at eight mm -hmm. o'clock i know i can find someone because i've got you know, people that have stood by me that I've stood by that we can pull the stuff together because that's how the industry works. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's quite a faceted thing. And it, it, it's not necessarily just a case of knowing how to sculpt a mold and cast and stick pieces on. It's all these other very intricate layered things, which are not necessarily taught at makeup school or they're not obvious to anyone who just sees face off or glow up or whatever those God awful shows where, you know, mm -hmm. someone's, sticking things on and it just like the second you finish suddenly everyone's cheering and slapping on the back and throwing gold at you it's like that doesn't happen like that so, <laughs> but that doesn't happen go. that doesn't happen without experience no. so uh, a lot of it does come down to that there we go but you know when you start out start small, I, yeah i'm in the up. process i've been going through i've been going through lately um a lot of my expendables I, i've been re replacing lots of things you know talking about having all the materials on hand i'm i'm in the process of restocking now and it's just sucks that it's at a time right now when there there's nothing going yeah. on but it will things things are coming going to come back you know slowly starting to come back um and I need to make sure that I've got this stuff on hand. Yeah. Well, one thing that occurred to me is that during this sort of uh, quiet time is I, I haven't seen Netflix or Amazon Prime's stock share, but I bet so many people are watching things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Their subscription must have gone up. But they're burning through the stuff. Content is getting watched. And so, you know, everyone's going to want a third season of Umbrella Academy. Or, do you know what I mean? It's like, so mm -hmm. there's going to be a, a bit of a rush i think for things going on so uh so so, so you, like you say you know you, you want to be in a position where work you is coming so yeah so it, you know things have of <laughs> been kicked to the fucking curb with hobnail boots on it's not been nice but um people still want stuff people still need stuff people still want the people to do it to be competent and good at what they do and professional and they want a good result no. um goes for anything so you know we had a plumber we had we had a leak in our house where that was my son's got a shower connected to his room and there was a seal in the wall with a shower connecting one and there was water coming down into the into the downstairs into the hallway i was like oh shit you know water from upstairs is never good 
no, no. The shower wasn't on either. It was just like leaking. Anyway, so the guy fixed it and he was in and out within like half an hour and just fixed it. He knew exactly what the problem was, you know, and it, it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was like he made that problem go away because he knew what the problem was and knew how to fix it. And and that's what you want to be for other people. You, know, you want to be somebody that solves their problem. So, and that means experience. It means working for other people to get that experience. And I know that's hard to come by, but you can't leapfrog that. You can't just want it bad enough that you don't have to fucking put the hours in because all that will happen is you'll fuck it up in a big way in front of someone that could really fuck you up. So you still need to put the hours in and we've all made mistakes, but the, the, the trick is to make small mistakes for, you know, working for other people in a way that it can be sure. picked up. The pieces can be picked up by somebody else. It's a scary thing if it fucks up on you and you're like, oh shit, I didn't realize silicon might go wrong or my delivery wouldn't turn up on time or you would forget to put catalyst in or whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever goes wrong. It's, so, an, it's a long list. It is a long list, but you know, avoiding those things is what makes you feel alive. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you don't become a fixer overnight. No, it's true. So come back to your print. How long is your print going to run for? Um, I'm not sure. It's it should be uh, maybe a few more hours. It's just just gotten started. Yeah, that's cool. It's going to be sixty millimeters high, so it's you know about three inches. Three inches. It's not sixty millimeters is about two and a half. I'd say two and a half. Yeah, twenty-five mil to an inch. Yeah. Just, just under two and a half. Anyway, this is sounding very dry, dull, boring, techy stuff. Um, but you know what? <laughs> uh, some some people will what? dig it. One of the things that I'm really enjoying about my 3D printing stuff is that it doesn't. What I've really, really learned is it's got. It doesn't stop or detract from the practical stuff at all because I still like sculpting and talking about this. You can do both. It's not like if you have one, you stop doing the other it really really helps it really helps yeah because you can think of all kinds of weird shit that you were oh I'll, I'll just model up a thing that does a weird thing and then you know let it print overnight and whilst that's happening i'm sculpting something else oh yeah no i've 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 printed replacement parts for uh a, a, a screen we've got on out on the catio uh that i that helps connect it to the to the wall that broke during a, a high wind a couple of years ago and I printed a replacement part mm -hmm. rather than try to find one somewhere and problem solved. It was, it's crazy, it was so it? easy. Once you get familiar, especially things like brackets and, you know, pretty straightforward parts, you can just throw it up on fusion in about 20 minutes and then, yeah, it might take 15 hours to or 20 hours to print, but that's happening while you're doing other things. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's yeah. easy. So, I'm really pleased I've made that jump and gotten into that. So uh, it's, it's becoming slowly a part of, of, of what I do. And it's the same with ZBrush. I found with ZBrush, sculpting things in ZBrush has made me really appreciate um, the sculpture aspect because you pretty quickly get used to how the tools work and where to grab the five things you need. Um and mm -hmm. you can throw that stuff together pretty quickly. And oh, the ZBrush Core Mini, I think it is, is free. And it's ZBrush. It's very, very stripped down, but it's the ZBrush Core Mini and it, it's it's free. Not like for a time, it's free. It's like Sculptress is free. So um, if, you're, if you've been thinking about, you know, 
skirting around doing digital sculpting, I, I strongly recommend the ZBrush Core Mini because the layout's exactly the same as ZBrush, so you, it's familiar to you. Then you can pop for the full version. If you, yeah, if you want to, you feel if you don't, it's like you know you, you can. You yeah, can if use you want a to, legit good sculpting program. Um, and there was another one. It was Wayne Humphreys that has been using it on um, on uh, Android. Oh, I think he's got it on iPad, but it's also available on Android called Nomad N O M A D. And I bought it. It's like thirteen yeah. eighty nine, I think fourteen pounds. Uh -huh. Um, probably the same in dollars. And it's like, have you played with it? I have, yeah. I think I think it must be similar to Forger, in for iPad, and it's it's a little bit clunky because it's only just come out, but it's great for doodling. It's see, this is my thing. I think it's uh, it's it's kind of like um, I'm not a particularly gifted <laughs> artist at all when it comes to drawing, but I I use Infinite Painter because I have an Android tablet. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of people use Procreate on the iPad. What I like about the fact that you can do it on a tablet is that you will pick it up and doodle for 10 minutes because it's easy. Whereas you've got to sit at a desk or at a laptop or, you know, it's quite a commitment. You've got to have a big space Whereas you can sit in bed with a pen tool and tablet and just kind of draw. And um, I've been having great fun doing that. But uh, yeah, no, the Nomad is great. And you can export it as an OBJ or whatever, or I think you can do it as an SDL as well. But the point is you can carry on working with it and something higher in if you want. But if you have a good idea, something you just That's, want to sketch. That was going to be a question of mine. Yeah. No, you can. You can output an OBJ. Awesome. So now, is Nomad available for iPad or just Android? Both. I think it came Both. on my iPad first, I think, but it's I've got it on my tablet now. So my I'll have to give it a shot. That's that'd, worth, be, that'd be fun. It's worth looking at. I think Forger is pretty good from what I've seen. And I know Apple stuff is pretty slick, so it's probably better. But if you, you know, if you don't have an iPad, um, then maybe check out the Forge, uh, the um, the the Nomad thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. I'll put the link in the show notes. But, awesome, yeah, I'm having fun with that. Anyway, yeah. Well, the, I like our new software. Yeah, we're using a, a a thing called Squadcast, which is basically means we can speak simultaneously we're seeing each other on camera but the audio is being recorded separately onto separate streams and then i can mix them afterwards but it sounds pretty clear to me because i can use my nice microphone which is good mm -hmm. and um it doesn't hasn't dropped out like skype did no which is great yes much clearer yeah. video too so i think we have found a new normal i hope so for the for the battles with bits of rubricast <laughs> Yeah. And again, apologies for the delay. I mean, it's been a mixture of all kinds of shit, not the least of which has been my frame of mind has been, I'm sure a lot of people experience this, especially if you're a creative type. Um, I've been feeling fucking <clears throat> awful for the longest time. I've actually been very lucky. I've had a fair bit of work, not film work. I've had a couple of bits of film work, but mostly it's been um, a couple of private things. I've NDA'd. I can't sign. Uh, I've signed stuff. I can't talk about it, but I've been painting and I've been sculpting and I've been molding. Um, so I've been keeping myself busy, keeping my head above water. So it's not that, but it's just that general feel of like, you know, all of that has just made me feel a bit like, oh, this is really, really sad and, and bit bit down. So for the longest time, it's just been like really hard to find the energy to be peppy and talk about stuff because you're kind of going over stuff in your head and going, what the fuck's going on? Where am I at? And you know, what do I mean anymore? And all that heavy, heavy shit, which I'm sure everyone's going through and entire industries are shutting down. Well, you haven't and... killed anyone yet. So that's no, a plus. but you know, it's just jobs are going here and there and everywhere. And everyone's terrified and what to do and 
there's lots of good things that are happening. I think people are being a bit nicer to each other generally when they see people or meet up with family and stuff. But it's just, it, it, I'm really feeling yeah. like the, um, the, the 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 novelty of it has worn off, shall we say? <laughs> so, so it's been. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's it's long long gone, and it's been so freaking hot that that hasn't helped. No, but I just you know I think that just kind of exacerbates the problem. Yeah, I just felt like I needed you know a little explanation for the people that have been listening. Go, where's the next episode? And it's been a combination of me feeling like shit about stuff, me being incredibly busy, uh, you having huge computer problems like fucking like oh, awful. yeah and i was thinking like couldn't you just buy like pop into i don't know best buy and buying but i know you'd like to buy you know a build your machine and make it nice and everything and uh, but you'd ordered parts that were taking weeks. which is looking pretty good it's working yeah oh well yeah the, the the new motherboard took i think two weeks longer than i anticipated it was supposed to show up the following week and three weeks passed before i got the motherboard and as my my graphics card had a massive stroke and took the motherboard with it fortunately yeah. i didn't lose any data that is a godsend but it's one of those things where it's like and because so many things are slow generally like you might order five different parts from five different places and then you know one of them just takes the longest time to get that sent yeah. to you so anyway i feel like we're we're we, you know i made some big changes on on the background here with things and there were some services we were using that we're not anymore and i've, I've we're taking on new services that we hadn't had before and this seems to be working quite well the audio quality is good so um email us at stuarttod.gmail.com leave us a voice message from the website you can do that and thank you very much yeah we'll, yeah, we'll put it in the and, podcast uh, you know, tell one other person about us if you have a friend who likes prosthetics let yes. them know send them the link only one not two just, just one. one well i think if we have you know like 500 listeners or so if everyone tells one other person that that's a thousand that doubles the amount of people that listen to us so i you know that, that would be lovely. great anyway i'm gonna go because i'm very tired well it's almost it's almost five o'clock here so i the drinking lamp is about to be lit <laughs> do you still have a gong for that of oh, course well, it's a shame yeah. you can't. i'm gonna go ring, the, ring gong? the gong I have oh, to go upstairs okay. to do it. It's, I if you had a nap because you had an actual I, gong. I I used to have yeah I used to have a gong app on my phone. <laughs> I'll just. Boom. You know, I had an app that I, I got rid of, but I had an app which was a drum roll, and I used to use it when people were in classes were opening molds. But I stopped doing it because it was really mean. <laughs> and then my thumb would hover over. It. You've got a cheer or a, or a. Uh, um, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, well, there's nothing, no more sinking feeling in class when you're a student and you're opening your mold and you crack it. Well, it teaches you about how not to make a mold. Uh, I stopped doing it because I figured I I wouldn't. Uh, it's, so yeah, oh, it's yeah, it's a, what a horrible feeling yeah, it must as be. As funny as it is to me, I mean, it is a horrible feeling because I've because I've I've done it. We've. We've all done it at some point in our lives. Yeah, well, I was making some molds with Jesmonite recently, and they that, that happened. Um, Jesmonite is that kind of acrylic-based stuff. You, the, the, is it Fort Fort? Yeah. Fort um, no, like Fort Forton Forton MG is a yeah. similar one, and it's good, but it's not. You basically have to beef up the the mold walls and edges and stuff where you're going to pry against, and you need to figure out how your molds are designed. Yeah, anyway. I don't want to get into that now, but. Um, 
Much Phys- too much physics. Too much physics. We'll leave the physics for another for another time. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks very and, much. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. Take care, man. Bye bye. Bye. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening.